you can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On a network that covers more roads than any other carrier, connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? It's estimated over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. To save, visit HealthLock.com today. Warning. This episode contains scenes that may be disturbing to some of our listeners. The views and opinions expressed in this episode do not represent the producing companies and are solely the product of Franklin Humberto Coral Garrido's own investigations, known as Beto Coral. When Beto Coral arrived in the United States, he worked like millions of migrants who go there, taking whatever job he could get. He baked bread, parked cars, and drove for Uber. Next to that, he sought justice for truth about his father's murder, which happened over 20 years ago. During his exile, Beto tirelessly kept fighting to obtain more details about that fateful morning in April 1994. He was able to uncover revealing details by carefully studying the judicial file of the case, which was in the hands of the prosecution. In Colombia, after a certain period of time, homicide becomes subject to the statute of limitations. This happens when the time for justice to be served for a crime expires, when the judicial system, by omission or decision, does not continue the investigation, and therefore the case is closed forever. As mandated by law in Colombia, the case of Captain Coral's murder was subject to the statute of limitations in 2014, 20 years after the events. Beto had the right to review the case file even before the statute of limitations had passed, but he could not obtain it from the hands of the prosecution. Beto suspected that someone was hiding something, and he wanted to know everything. Trying to obtain the case files, he visited different government agencies. Con mi folio, con mis I grabbed all my documents, all the letters and a photo of my dad and went to every single courthouse. I wanted to be heard. I wanted them to give me the case file or at least push it along. 
Just bring attention to the case, like, look, at least try to find my dad's killer. But everyone ignored me. The fact that he was being ignored seemed too suspicious to him. Yo pensaba que ese expediente no me lo entregaban porque era... Porque se comprometía alguna información de, de, I thought they weren't handing over the case file because it had some kind of classified information, something confidential, or something serious that I wasn't allowed to see. Beto had knowledge of the law, but navigating a justice system that seemed to be set on ignoring him took a lot of work. He got a lawyer to help him with the case, Miguel Ángel del Río, a well-known criminal lawyer in Colombia. Miguel Ángel has worked on famous cases involving politicians in his country. When Beto met him and told him how his dad was killed, they started thinking about a strategy. Le comenté mi caso y él me dijo, no, pues Beto, instauremos un derecho de petición. I told him about my case and he said, no, Beto, what we'll do is initiate a right of petition that I'm sure they won't respond to. In Colombia, people consider the justice system to be corrupt. Almost 60% of the people who answered a 2019 survey stated that corruption in the judiciary is high or very high. ¿Y cómo fue? Pues no respondieron derecho a petición. And you know what? They didn't respond to it. They didn't give me the case file of my father's death. It was as if they were giving Beto the runaround to tire him out, waiting for him to get tired. But he had made a promise to never give up. They turned to a first legal resource to pressure the prosecution. La, la tutela es un proceso, una demanda pequeña en Colombia para que inmediatamente entreguen, para que entreguen el expediente. The tutela is a type of small claims in Colombia that grants you immediate surrender of a case file. And since we won that lawsuit, the prosecutor's office was ordered to hand over the case file. But even then, they wouldn't hand it over. The prosecution asked for Beto to physically come to receive the file which was impossible for him from exile in the United States. But he and his legal team didn't give up. Y luego tuvimos que interponer lo que se llama en Colombia un incidente de desacato. Then we had to file what's called in Colombia an incident of contempt, which is when a defendant fails to comply with a judge's order. And we were just one day away from the judge ordering the arrest of Colombia's attorney general. He's the chief prosecutor. It even came out on the news. He was about to go to jail for refusing to hand over the case file. It may seem crazy, but that's how it was. The attorney general was ordered by a judge to give the file to Beto Corral and his lawyer. Beto continued to climb to the highest levels of the judiciary, all from exile in America. Until... A present arrived by mail. My lawyer received the case file and immediately sent it to me. It was July 21, 2021. Miguel Ángel calls me and says, Beto, we managed to get the case file. I have it. We did it. And for the first time, after all these years, I finally had the case file. But it wasn't easy. That's how he achieved it. More than 27 years after the early morning when Captain Coral was murdered. Even with this triumph, Beto could not understand why. Why the mystery, the stubbornness to answer, to deliver this valuable file. What were they trying to hide? 
Yo creo que fue la razón por la cual no lo obtuve es que es un expediente realmente lamentable. I'm pretty sure the reason I couldn't get the case file was because it was disgrace. The prosecutor's negligence was evident. When Beto Corral started to read, review, and dismantle the entire file, what he learned left him speechless. ¿Y tú crees acaso que las autoridades hayan manipulado este expediente de alguna u otra manera antes de entregártelo? And Beto, do you think the authorities could have tampered with this case file in any way before handing it over to you? No, I don't think so. This thing is just old. It's archaic. Lacks substance. It's inept. It's so mediocre that there was nothing to add or take away. What it was was proof that the prosecution did absolutely nothing in the case of my father's death. This is Transportista. Who murdered Captain Coral? Episode 5. The Fourth Shot. You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On a network that covers more roads than any other carrier, connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive, with no children and no casinos. Discover more at Viking.com. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. There were many inconsistencies in the file of Captain Coral's case that the prosecution handed over to Beto. But before delving into those details, it's important to review some relevant data from Colombia in the 90s to contextualize the events from the numbers. In 1994, the year Captain Coral was murdered, Colombia had a population of just over 35 million people. That year, an average of 13 people were killed every day in the city of Medellín. Today, the country with the highest homicide rate in the world is Jamaica, with an average of four per day. Currently, the possibility of being sentenced for murder in Colombia is very small. The percentage of convictions for all crimes is around 1%. That is, impunity is almost universal. The case of Captain Coral could have been just one more within that wasteland of impunity. But Beto was firmly determined to find justice against all odds. 
to find out the truth about what happened that early morning in Medellin, to learn details that his relatives recommended he'd leave behind. But before obtaining that file, even before the crime passed the statute of limitations in 2014, Beto remembers another key detail. In January 1995, they shut down the investigation and closed the case. Just eight months after the murder of Captain Coral, the prosecution argued that they had no elements to identify the responsible parties. It was as if the prosecution had discarded the possibility of finding the material or intellectual authors of the crime. And then, Beto began to find one inconsistency after another. As we have mentioned in previous episodes, the police said that... The first thing was that they tried to rob my dad. That was false. Nothing was stolen from my dad. The wallet ended up in the hands of the attorney general's office. The same thing happened with the car that Luz Maria Arboleda Maso and Captain Coral were in. As opposed to what they had claimed, the attackers didn't take it. After shooting Captain Coral, they left in their own car. But also... My dad had two gold rings. He arrived at the hospital with those rings. But in the official report, it says that the jewelry was taken, that it was stolen. There was another person who provided more details. There's an investigator that has all the evidence. There's even an officer who later became a police general named Marco Antonio Pedreros that gave a statement saying he's identified the suspects and motives behind the attack, and he'll identify who they were at another time. Incredible, but they never call him back. They just close the case. The prosecutor's office decided not to follow this lead. They received and included this statement in the file, but nonetheless, they decided to close the case. Within the file, there is another witness, one who was key in Beto's investigations, a name that appeared again and again, Luzmari Arboleda Maso, who was with Captain Corral when he was killed. She was an agent, a police officer, and well, she worked at the CAI, which is like the Rapid Community Response Team for the city of Medellin. Supposedly, she met my father eight months before and was romantically involved with him. Luzmari was a key witness because she saw everything. Her statement was crucial. But Beto, upon examining everything in this file, began to doubt everything even more. Remember that she stated that she didn't know how to drive a car and that's why she didn't take Captain Coral to the hospital right after he was shot. As a police officer, she should know how to drive, so this raised suspicions. And upon scrutinizing the file further, Beto learned of the most brutal inconsistency. Luz Maria Arboleda Maso stated that she only heard one shot, but the truth is there were three shots. She only mentions one. How is that possible when there were three? The autopsy showed that Captain Coral had been shot three times, twice in the head and once in the neck. This discrepancy between Luzmari's statement and the autopsy seemed absurd to Beto. For him, it should have been important for the prosecutor's office 
to at least notice something so basic. Next to this, Luzmari stated something else that had happened at the crime scene. Dice que cuando bajan del carro a mi papá para matarlo y ella escucha un disparo. She says that when they pull my dad out of the car to kill him, she heard a shot. She took advantage of that moment and like some damn hero, she pulls her gun out and shoots one of the robbers inside the car. Let's imagine this and review what was happening at that moment. According to Luz Mari's statement, Captain Coral was armed but had not been able to draw his weapon. Two robbers got out of the car where they were and brought Captain Coral down to his knees, while one stayed in the car with Luz Mari. At that moment, she took her gun and shot. Ella afirma que los otros dos asaltantes fueron... She claims that the other two robbers wrestled the gun from her. All of this happened after they had shot Captain Coral, who was down on his knees on the ground outside the car. According to her statement, she shot one of them, the one in the driver's seat, but... No la mataron, no la lastimaron. Y no es que yo hubiese deseado que lo hubiesen hecho, no. They didn't kill her, they didn't hurt her. Not that I wish they had, no, on the contrary, I think it's fantastic she survived. However, how it is possible that they maliciously killed an unarmed man, putting three shots to his head while he was kneeling, when she pulls a gun out, shoots them, and all they do is take her gun away and let her go? It didn't make sense. The prosecution did not find a bullet hole in the car, so it was concluded that the bullet had hit one of the robbers. However, according to Beto, no one else went to any hospital in the city that morning with a gunshot wound. This led Beto to wonder about something he considers crucial to this case. Todos los vecinos escucharon tres disparos. Everyone in that neighborhood heard three shots, just three. So if my dad was shot in the head three times, what happened to the shot Luz Maria fired? None of the six witnesses who gave statements heard the fourth shot that Luz Mari claimed to have fired. ¿A quién le disparó? Si nadie escuchó cuatro. No one heard a fourth shot. So who did the shoot? Logically, if your story is true, then the witnesses in the neighborhood would have heard four shots, three going out, one back, a shootout. That wasn't the case. There were only three shots. The neighbors heard three shots but Luz Maria Arboleda confessed to having fired at least one. It was proven before the authorities in the case file. Beto told me that one of the first things he did when he received the documents Fue buscar la prueba del guantelete. Testing love would prove whether that woman had fired, and indeed, there was. You probably remember this test from some police show on TV, where crime scene investigators apply chemicals to a person's skin to check if they fired a bullet from the firearm. Luz Maria Arboleda tested positive for this test, which proved that she had indeed fired a gun. But all the witnesses reported three shots, the same three that caused Captain Coral's death. And that's how Beto came to a heartbreaking conclusion. La señora evidentemente le disparó a alguien. Evidently, that woman did fire at someone, and I'm certain that someone was my dad. Yo puedo determinar hoy que fue la señora 
Luz María Arboleda Mazo. I've determined that Mrs. Luz María Arboleda Mazo, a member of the police with the help of those men, murdered my father. This is the conclusion Beto has reached after years of investigating and trying to uncover the truth. However, because the statute of limitations has passed, this crime will remain unpunished. The circumstances surrounding it are shrouded in mystery. We'll be back after a break. You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On a network that covers more roads than any other carrier. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive, with no children and no casinos. Discover more at Viking.com. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. When Beto obtained the case file, it became clear pretty quickly that there were quite a few irregularities. According to his investigations and personal conclusions, the inconsistencies are one too many. There were witnesses that the prosecutor did not contact. Captain Corral arrived at the hospital with his belongings, and the inconsistency that most stood out to him. Luz Maria Arboleda confessed to firing a fourth shot. They had the evidence to prove it, but no one remembers hearing it. When Beto learned these details, he did not hide his surprise or frustration. He had long talks with Teresa Cifuentes, the lawyer and friend of his dad who saw Luz Maria Arboleda disappear on the day of his funeral. After months after the Coral case, she remembered something particular. When I interviewed her at her house in Santa Veronica, a beach near Barranquilla, she shared the thing that had caught her attention. Eh, me enteré. Mm. Eh, eso ocurrió como tres meses o cuatro meses después de la muerte de Humbertico porque fueron matándolo. ¿sí? Yeah, I found out about three or four months after Humbertico's death that they were being killed off. Um, but who? Who were they killing? The members of the search block, the ones in charge, were dying. Then, four months later, a captain was killed. He was killed the same way they killed Humbertico. We were sitting at a table in her garden, surrounded by her dogs and two macaws she had in one of her trees. It was then that she remembered another anonymous hero in the history of Colombia, 
National Police Captain Henry Orlando Umbacía. Captain Coral and Captain Umbacía worked side by side in the search block, and Umbacía was 30 years old, one year younger than Captain Coral at the time of his assassination. It was in August of 1994, just four months after the murder of Captain Coral. Él salió de Bogotá. He heads out of Bogotá. He had already been transferred due to Umbertico's death. They transferred all of them. So he heads out of Bogotá and goes to a nightclub in La Calera, and on his way back from the club, they executed him, just like Umberto. It hadn't been in the same city, but it still seemed like too much of a coincidence, leaving a nightclub in his car, just like Captain Coral. And like Beto, Teresa wasn't satisfied with the version of the investigation into Umbertico's murder, as she still calls him. I mean, I just chalk it up as Pablo Escobar's retribution, and the police in Medellín were paid off. In other words, the chicken lays it, it's white, and you eat it. It's obvious. Keep in mind, the woman that went out with him is a police officer. And after the murder, the police cleared the car of any evidence, so there was no proof. Teresa came to a similar conclusion as Beto. There were too many inconsistencies. The reason I'm so adamant about what I say to this day is because I went and walked around everywhere. I went back to the search block. That's why I firmly believe that there is something else they're hiding, something the system doesn't want getting out. That's what I think, right? I don't have a legal argument to stand on, but after everything I've come across, my only conclusion is that this was a government cover-up. It was as if they were getting closer to something darker, more sinister. Teresa thought that the state was hiding the truth, and Beto was convinced the prosecutor's office hid the file on purpose while he still lived in Colombia. According to both Beto and Teresa, it was made very difficult for them to uncover the truth, to find justice. Here's Beto Coral again. Yo creo que la fiscalía no me lo entregó. I think the reason the prosecutor's office withheld the case file for so many years was so that in the years when I could do something with it, I wouldn't be able to. And now in exile, they give me the file because all I can do is document a case of impunity. All I can do is tell my story. And Beto was left with many questions. He kept fantasizing about one day being able to sit down and talk to Luz Maria Arboleda. I just want to ask her why. Why did she do it? The two of them were getting closer to finding out a key part of the story. But that was so dark, so unimaginable, it kept him awake at night. ¿Quién? Who? Who sent her? In the next episode of Transportista, who murdered Captain Coral? Y esa era una división del bloque de búsqueda. 
los que patrullaban con los peces. They were a unit of the search block. They conducted patrols with Los Pepes. They carried out joint operations with Los Pepes. And I'm certain that my dad disagreed with that situation. Me correspondió realizar un trabajo investigativo y ahí yo pude evidenciar que efectivamente el bloque de búsqueda que había conformado el gobierno nacional. I was tasked with carrying out the investigation and uncovered proof that the search block formed by the national government had indeed joined forces with both the drug traffickers and the so-called paramilitaries to locate and kill Pablo Escobar. Transportista, Who Murdered Captain Coral is a production of Exile Content Studio and Detective in partnership with iHeart's My Cultura Podcast Network and is hosted by me, Álvaro Céspedes. Production by Diego Olivares and Álvaro Céspedes with the help of Sabine Jansen, Ana Isabel Octavio, Verónica Hernández and Reynolds Gutiérrez. Written by Álvaro Céspedes. Edited by Carmen Graterol. Fact-checking by Desiree Yepes. Adaptation to English by Magali Stransky. Executive producers are Carmen Graterol, Rose Reed, Isaac Lee, and Diego Enrique Osor. Sound design by Gonzalo Messi. Original music by Sebastián León. Thanks to the voice actors who contributed in this episode. Beto Coral is Horacio Mancilla. Teresa Cifuentes is Carmen Graterol. And Julio César Prieto is Reynolds Gutiérrez. Daniel Batista oversees audio at Exile Content Studio. Our executive producers at iHeart are Giselle Bances and Arlene Santana. Research by Meño Larios and Emma Friedland. Production supervision by Julio González. Created by Diego Enrique Osorno. For more podcasts, go to the iHeart Radio app or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive with no children and no casinos. Discover more at viking.com. Hey, guys. Back to the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.